Hello and welcome to Focus XQN. Mike Andavo here, and I am joined, as always, by New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author Michael Lennington and the Queen of Coaching, Kristen Tabbert, and special guest today, Mike Lopez. How's everyone doing? Doing great. Great right, to be then. with you. Uh, we got some head nodders, which, of course, on the podcast has not worked Nobody too well. Our, <laughs> that's, that's our small little audience that's watching this live stream can see us, and they might be asking questions throughout the whole deal, and that's fine, too. So uh, really excited to have Mike Lopez here today. Kristen, this is your personal coach. Yes, it is. It is. And a um, little bit nervous, I'm not going to lie, to have my coach on our podcast with us, but um, Mike has been really instrumental in... Um, a lot of breakthroughs for me. Whenever she says Mike has been instrumental, just assume it's both me and Lopez. Just you know, I have too many mics in my life. There's three of you on a call today. I'm just, I'm just hoping to hear some dirt today, Christian. And being someone who's leverage. knowing what buttons you can push on me, I'm I'm loving the fact that we're gonna have someone who can push your buttons back, and I can I can sit back and watch. And I'm gonna go make some popcorn and just sit back and watch <laughs> Lopez. Watch well, we recording this, right, Mike? We gotta gotta keep. Keep, keep, we get a transcript for it too. That's right. There it is. And Mike Lopez, just so you know, anytime they interrupt me, there's a noise. They make a, they put a coin in the jar, and we're supposed to be saving up money for the charity of our choice. Somebody's going to be very rich by the end of yes. this. Oh, it sounds, like, it sounds like this, if you can hear. That's what there it is. Ah, yes. Um. So no, I'm really excited to have Mike on the show today because um we talk about mindset all the time. You know, how we think about anything is how we do anything. You can't change your actions until you change your thinking about those actions. And so as a coach, I know better than anybody, you know, how to do these things, what to do about these things. But I've been living in the gap of not doing it myself. Um, and not because I didn't know, but because a, I didn't have an accountability partner, but I was also thinking, I don't want to say incorrectly, but I wasn't thinking clearly about some things. So Mike's been really instrumental in helping me to clearly define vision. You know, you know, I'm a big vision person and I was struggling with my own vision. So we've been working on that. And now now we're doing the grind of how to make that vision a reality. So. Mike, thank you for being here. Um, why don't we start first, though, and, and have pitch your pitch who you are and what you do. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, Mike Lopez, um, and it's been a pleasure to work with with Kristen. And uh, I, I have uh, Modus Coaching and Consulting, along with my business partner and great friend, Eric Johnson. And uh, we help business owners, you know, realize their their potential, what what they want to achieve. And uh, it's been it's been a, it's very fun. When when Kristen first asked me, it's like, hey, you know, uh, let's let's have a conversation. I was like, aren't you a coach and you're coaching, you know, a lot of, a lot of people. And so when we had that conversation, she described what, where she was and what she wanted to achieve. Um, then, you know, it, it, it became a kind of a natural dynamic, but, um, uh, but it was certainly, it was an interesting prospect and, but it's certainly been a fun journey, uh, especially when somebody who understands the dynamic of coaching, but also is open to receive. Cause that's the, the biggest thing. And I think you'll agree, Kristen, that when somebody uh, agrees to be coached, that the only way to be a coach is to be open to it, be vulnerable, trans be transparent, have humility and say that. And, and I often say that um, one of the most difficult things for a human being to do is to ask for help. And then the second most difficult thing is to receive it once it's offered. Exactly. So, so, uh, so that dynamic has is, is certainly been the case and, and you've, uh, you've been a great uh, uh, person to work with. So I set some boundaries up front right off the bat. And I said, Mike, 
I am really good about turning the tables on the conversation and controlling a conversation, particularly if you ask questions that are uncomfortable for me. So I need you to be strong enough to not let me take control of the conversation. Um, and you've been very, very good at that. And I'd also like to, to kind of pat myself on the back and realize when I start to go there, I say, oh, I'm trying to control the conversation. <laughs> um, so it's, it's that transparency piece and, and being open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, I mean, Mike, Mike and I had a conversation. I don't know how many years ago was that, Mike? I mean, and I don't think I was open to receiving. I, I, I was intimidated, I think, a little bit about the level of it because I, I think uh, uh, there definitely was some of that mindset for me of like, man, do I really want to bring this guy into my life? Because it's going to like, it's going to be really, really uncomfortable for me to go through that growth. I mean, um, you know, so I definitely think that was, there's some aspect to that for sure. Yeah. I never forget the phrase you used. Uh, what did you I used say? Phrase, you said you used a phrase. I, I like, I, I'm afraid to open my kimono, you know, you just <laughs> kind of use that phrase. It's like, like you say, yeah, you're standing there and it's like, Hey, you know, here, here it is type of thing. So, but you definitely have to be in a spot to be ready or the context of where you are. Is that what you need at the time? Right. Mm -hmm. That's the other side of the coin. We don't always need everything at the same time. So. And, you know, Michael and I were, were execution experts. We're, we're a lot of things and don't say anything, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say I'm a mice open kimono, but I, I refrained. So <laughs> we have a, we have a lot of great conversations around here. And, and even Michael's asked me a couple of times, you know, I'd like you to coach me and, I can have coaching moments with him, but we're also married. So there's always that dynamic of, you know, no matter what we say to each other, we have to sleep in the same bed at that night, or maybe he's going to be sleeping on the couch. So, you know, the accountability piece is, is there, but it's not there at the level that you get when you have your own personal coach. I mean, you're investing in yourself, you're being honest, you're being transparent. There's, you know, I can get mad at Mike, but at the end of the day, you know, it's because he's prompted something in me that's created some kind of an emotional response, but he doesn't have to worry about if I'm going to put a pillow over his head in the middle <laughs> of the night. So how, how's he, if I can ask you, Kristen, so your mindset, how is, how specifically have you shifted that as, as a result of having a coach? I mean, is a, is a coach of, of people, you're getting coached by a coach. And so, you know, you kind of know the process and you're, it's sort of like this meta thing, right? You're, you're watching what's going on, but you're, you also got to be open to the advice and take an action. Out. So how's that work for you? The very first thing we started with is Mike confronted me about my health and putting me first. And I think we all pretty well know I'm the last person in line for anything when it comes to anything. I do everything for everyone else. And now I know who to blame though. Yeah. 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 Cause you're not, you're not getting your way anymore. Are you? <laughs> but um, I, I said, I said to Mike one day, I said, you know, I am world-class at holding my breath. And it was like a badge of honor. You know, he, he made me sit down and write things that I, I admired about myself. Oh boy, was that tough. You know, that was a very tough exercise. And I still go back to that paper every so often and go, Oh, I need to add more to this, but it's still really uncomfortable. It's, it's like your vision. It's a big work in progress still. And, you know, it was, it was a badge of honor for me. I can hold my breath better than anybody until I can't. And then um, when we started really digging in to all that I want to do with my business and in my personal life, none of it can be accomplished until I am the best version of me that I can be. 
And so that was where we started. We started with that. It didn't start with a business plan. It didn't start with a vision for where I wanted to go. We, we had conversations about that, but it was until you are moving, until you're feeling better, until you're getting your health in order, until you're doing you first, nothing else is going to come online very well. Just so as you think about that, um, being the, being the coachee, um, and being in that seat, have you learned what it feels like in a way that you didn't necessarily have before? So that do you, have you changed your coaching in terms of that? Absolutely. I have. Um, I'm very intuitive with people, but I've also now have a better understanding, something I could not appreciate or really fully understand how other people might feel when they're being confronted with different perspectives or being challenged on their, their limiting beliefs. Um, Cause I can get pretty confrontational and I can create a lot of defensiveness in people. Shut up, Michael. Nobody likes you. I just always agree with you. Um, so it, it made me understand, you know, what it feels like to be on the other side of that coin. I'd never, I've never had that experience before. So I think it's really kind of a changed um, it's, it's maybe rounded off the edges to my, my, confrontational personality it's allowed me to pause a little more and listen a little more deeply um yeah it's it's not a comfortable place to be it's, it's fun being the coach it's not always fun being the coachy well from mike's perspective because you, you you're coaching a coach and so i know if i'm talking to somebody who's kind of his expertise or her expertise overlaps what i'm supposedly an expert at um it does change how i'm thinking about the interchange right so um, as a coach, coaching a coach, did, did you notice your mind sh mindset shifting in that? And, and was that, was that a good shift or was it, was it not a good shift? Do you understand what I'm asking? I'm not even sure if I'm clear on that, but it's like, did you change your game based upon coaching a coach is what I'm asking, I guess. Well, that's, that's a great question. And the reality is a, a great coach is going to ascertain the context of who, of what, the, what the goal is and who, and most importantly, who they're coaching, right? Cause, mm -hmm. cause if, if, if we approach a cookie cutter and go, well, here's the process we go through. And this is the, this is what we always do. And this is what you all, you need this. And like, that's might not be where she needed to go. And obviously she's what she just stated was if we started out with, okay, let's, you want to achieve this in your business. Let's talk about the business plan. But if, and, but she was transparent with me about where she was. So then we could go, like, here's the dynamic. So the point being is to really help somebody achieve what they want to achieve. It's it, you have to understand the context of, you know, what we're stepping into, mm -hmm. what the dynamics are, what the, what the lay of the land is. So what we, so it, it didn't matter that she was a coach in, in some context because she's a person who has, you know, goals and dreams and, and, and wants to achieve some things. And so I approached it from that perspective now it was, it was, I mean, to be frank, it was intimidating stepping in and goes like, I know, I know some of the people she's coaching. I know some of the things she's helped people achieve. And, you know, so what, what am I going to really add to that? But, but as we sat back and had the conversation, it was really ascertaining. This is a, this is a person who is you know, creating God's image, who wants to achieve some things. So let's talk about it from that perspective. So you have to ask those questions, understand the context, and then go from there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it was different dynamic for sure. And even when we had the initial conversation, I was like, okay, like what's, what's, what is, what's really going on? Uh, what do you really need? And then when she was again, open, it was like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk further. Um, we identified some things that 
maybe I knew and I was pretending not to know, or it was buried so deeply that I, I just didn't want to confront it myself. But one of the things that we really uncovered that surprised me, I think the biggest surprise was, um, so my voracious need to educate myself, always reading, always somebody's going to ask me a question and I'm going to have to know the answer to that. So if, if I know everything that I can possibly know, nobody's ever going to surprise me, right? I'll have the answer, but that's not the problem. It was a confidence issue that I was aware of, but pretending not to be aware of. And I was covering it with the more knowledge I had, the more confident I could be. So it was basically a confidence competency issue. I'm very competent and I need to be confident in my competency. And so we've, you were really, really instrumental in, in creating that clarity. So Michael or Mike, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm used to saying who, if there's another Mike on the call, I'll call them Michael. So they don't get confused with me. We got, there's no, we're going to get confused on this call. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm assuming that starts with her vision. Right. And so uh, it, it seemed like that was a, a gift of yours. And I think that vision is something people struggle with. So how, how do you, what are the methodologies you take to help people kind of dig deeper into their vision and understand what it is that they really want? Well, it's, it starts, it goes back to some of the things she, that Kristen said, because before I even get there, it's like there's three things that I, I found common in both in my role in leadership as an executive of a company, but also in coaching, working with people that I found common denominators across the board, regardless of the role, regardless of responsibility, regardless of that. In the three things are, are confidence, fear and overthinking. So, you know, if confidence, lack of confidence or where's your confidence? Fear is fear holding you back. And overthinking, you know, keeping you from doing what you really want to do. So in ask to answer your question, it's a matter of where are those things holding you back? And and before because before you can get to that vision, it's like what what's what are those things, dynamics? Where do you really believe about that? And then what do you really want? Right. Because before you can create a vision of where you want to go, you have to, you know, what do you really want? And then most importantly, why? Why do you want that? Because if, if we create the vision based on something that's not true, then it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a great idea. It's a great concept, but it has no meaning or no value in, in somebody's life in a way that's going to truly come to fruition. And also, is it truly your vision, right? Or is it somebody else's vision for you? Or what are you expectations of yourself that are, that are not based on solid foundations? So, so that's the core of it before you can truly truly, you know, define a vision is what do you want and why and truly why? Because I've, I've had mm -hmm. those conversations where somebody goes, this is why I want it. And you dig a probe a little bit deeper and it's not, it's not, that's not the real reason. And so until you have that, until you understand that, then it's, it's, it's hard to build a true vision and a true, and then a plan based on that. So. And I would say that my why was pretty compelling, but we made it even more compelling. We, we narrowed it down to a, a final this is exactly why I want it. And it was always kind of nuanced there, but I always kind of couched it in, you know, I want to have a successful business and I want to be this. But when we got to the bottom of it, the vision hasn't changed. It got more deeply embedded, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's all good stuff. And uh, what, what have, so Michael kind of uncovered the, the challenges, I guess, when you coach a coach, 
Um, what other kind of things then do you like from a methodology standpoint, like what, where do you go from there? Where do you go from after the vision? Well, then it's, you know, it's a matter of implementation uh, as far as figuring out, you know, what, what we have to actually do. And again, there's, there's people on this call more qualified to talk about that than me in terms of certain plans and execution. Um, but again, it's, it's a matter of, you know, I have a phrase that I, I learned a long time ago is next logical step is, you know, what's the next logical step in terms of any, and anything that we're doing, um, you can talk about what we believe is, oh, who's what I feel it is. And here's where, here's what, you know, where I want to go. And, and it's a matter of, you know, we want to get here. And again, depending on how you're wired, some people are very in the moment and very, you know, look at things in the moment. Some things are a little bit bigger vision and kind of bigger picture. So you kind of have to figure out what, number one, where people, how people are wired and then figure out the plan that's going to work for them. So sometimes you have to figure out the next step for that person. And sometimes you have to reverse engineer it because they already see it finished and you got to reverse engineer it to like, here's what has to happen here. But we also have to take the emotion out of it to some degree in a sense of still driving that why and that mindset, heart set type of, of dynamic. But what's the next logical step based on everything we understand based on where you are right now. And that's another thing too, is, is not, is ascertaining where you are uh, starting from, you know, we have to understand that context of what are your resources, what are your time, what's your capacity? Do we need to shore up some of those things first? But then after that, what's the next logical step based on everything we know, based on what your vision and where you want to go, we have to take what's the next step and then build it from there. So. And sometimes simple, even, simple but not simplistic. Right. Right. Cause sometimes even when, when you know what the next logical step is, something throws a curveball at you and removes that step for whatever reason. And we have to, we have to detour for a minute and then, then come back to it. I mean, I have a basic part of my business plan. That's to get the brand developed and the website built. And I have an independent contractor to do that. My goal was to do it by March 31st. We had some extenuating circumstances. That's going to take that vendor out of the picture for a minute and so it was disappointment and I'm not going to hit that goal by, by the 31st of March, but that's okay. Then it was realizing, you know, it's okay because we're doing exactly what we need to do. We've got the right people to do the right job. I need to wait on them to have it finished fully, not half asset. Pardon my French. Yeah, absolutely. So Kristen, what's it been like for you after uh, receiving all this kind of stuff? Like, uh... It's been life-changing. It's yeah. been and, and I'm not blowing sunshine. I have clients who have said, what has changed about you that didn't know, you know, you're, you're more confident, you're more confrontational, but in a more positive way, right? Um, it's, it's noticeable. It's, you see stuff on Facebook right now. It's the Grand Canyon trip. Mm -hmm. um, Mike and I haven't talked about any of that. That was just something that organically came out of the winds that have been happening, the, the, momentum that's been occurring it circles back to the original thing we started with my health right well now i'm taking that health thing to the next level what i'm learning in the training of the grand canyon trip is more discipline and um, principles that translate in business it translates in my life i mean it's just it's keeping the momentum going so can i ask a follow-up question to that Kristen? no okay <laughs> Yes. So, um, you know, as, as the coach being coached, is it hard for you sometimes to be vulnerable? 
um, with Mike because I'm supposed to be this kind of a coach. And yet we're all, we all, you know, we have this facade we put up to our clients and everybody else, but, but really kind of letting yourself kind of just let go and, and not try to be, you know, somebody that's great in this area, but actually maybe need some help there. It, was that hard for you to do? Cause I, I would find that would be very difficult for me to do. Um, areas I need help and I, I hate to show them to people. So this is going to be, be a rather difficult to answer this because I, the coach wants to answer one way, the individual, me, the person wants to answer a different. You don't have to give specifics. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, because I know the value in coaching because I know the results I've gotten with my clients. I know how powerful that can be. There has to be that open and honesty. So I had to know right off the bat when, when Mike and I were going to engage in this relationship that there had to be trust there, right? Well, how do you, how do you trust somebody that you've just met? Okay. So he has to be really authentic in how he builds that trust with me. I had to be really open about here's the warts, here's the ugly, here's everything you're going to get. And here's what I want to fix. Some people aren't willing to do that. I think, I think most people are scared to do that initially because of who I am and because of what I do. If I'm going to make this investment and I'm really, really serious about doing this to drive not only my individual results, but my business results, I just kind of, you know, I pretty much vomited all over Mike on our first couple of sessions and said, now, do you still want to work with me? Um, but I think, does that answer your question? It kind of does, but there's always some stuff we're pretending not to know, right? I mean, I, I kind of know it about myself, but I, I'm pretending it doesn't exist because I certainly don't want anybody else to see that. And so sometimes, you know, it's, it's like you're semi-aware, um, but you're not fully aware or you don't want to admit some of the stuff. And I'm not saying you in particular. I'm just, I'm, I'm I think, a, I think most people tend to kind of fall in that camp. And, and Mike Lopez, I'm going to give you permission to, to say whatever you want to say in this position. <laughs> I, I think I was pretty, pretty honest and pretty open with everything. Um, one thing we've had, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. I'm not going to talk for you. Let, let, let me have your thoughts. No, and no, I, I, that was the thing that was, uh, very pleasantly surprising is is and of course key to any relationship regardless of dynamic and or depth or lack of depth is trust right so you have to trust so she was completely open and completely as far as i could tell too transparent of about what are the things that she you know struggled with as well as wanted to achieve uh, and didn't back down from any question you know any question any question that went any direction and of course, the beauty of, of a coaching relationship is, you know, both stated and implied trust and confidentiality. Right. So that's the dynamic of that. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't I didn't ever sense anything because I've, I from my perspective, I said if somebody's willing to in her position, in, in her role in what she does professionally is willing to, um, you know, put herself in that position. So I, 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 I think I told you on more than one occasion, I totally respect and admire the fact that she would do that. And uh, also the, 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 um, the self-awareness to say, I need help. Right. Mm-hmm. And I need some help in this area and who can help me. Uh, so, but no, I didn't, you know, to this day, it's like, I, I felt she was very open, very transparent. Um, and also to, to, for somebody to get to that point to say, okay, 
I'm willing to invest in myself, invest the time, energy, effort, resources into this, then, you know, then, then she's, she's one who's going to, you know, take advantage of that, meaning not take it, take advantage of like, if I'm going to bother to do this, I'm going to go all in, yeah. right. I'm going to just go for it. So that's, and that's in my estimation, that's what it's been from literally day one. So. Well, and Michael too, I mean, and, and our audience knows it's no secret. Um, you know, I had interviewed other coaches. There were, I had a, I had a list of, of you know, top people that for multitudes of reasons, they, they were attractive to me in different ways. Right. Um, and when push came to shove, after I talked to everyone, I never, I never felt like I trusted anyone the way I trusted Mike. Yeah. Trust is so important. I'm going to follow up on trust in a little bit, but I, I've been asking all the questions. So um, I'll just throw it back to you guys who take the conversation where you want it to go. But I do no, ask your go. question on trust. Go for it. Keep going. Well, so you, Mike, you had mentioned this thing about leaders, the leadership aspect of coaching. And we have this program called Leaders Coach. And, and really, you know, kind of shifting away from the command control to, to more being a more coach facilitator with, with, with folks as a leader. Um, and yet one of the things that happens in that coach employee relationship is that there's a, there's a risk. So, so really Kristen doesn't have any risks with it completely talking about the, where she needs help, where she struggles, where she's falling short and where she's really strong, right? She can talk to you about that really honestly, but when a leader begins to coach their teams, there's some things that could potentially put that person's career at risk. Cause if I'm, if I fully divulge some of the things I'm struggling with um, then that leader you know, may, that may, may have negative consequences for my career, you know? And, and so, um, and, and, and just that, that fear of being able to be punished for what I'm telling you from a leader. So, you know, that, that, that's a little bit trickier, I think, for leaders to be coaches of their, of their people. Um, and there's some things that I think help with that, but I was just curious, are there ways that a leader can overcome that in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, you know, so you talk about trust. <clears throat> if there's not trust in the, in the relationship, especially if there's a leader dynamic of whether it's the boss dynamic or, you know, owner dynamic and that sort of thing. Um, and I always go back to the, the simplest definition of leadership I've ever heard is John Maxwell said leadership is influence. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you talk about the dynamic of influence of what am I trying to achieve here? And of course, there's negative influence, positive influence. Mm -hmm. But if I'm truly going to influence these people, and I'm going to lead them. There's there's a level of transparency. There's a level of truth telling, especially when it comes to difficult challenges, difficult situations. You have to be truthful in, in, in to a degree. Right. And in the sense that what do they need to know to be able to understand? And then another one of my favorite thought leaders is Simon Sinek. And, and he, he has a phrase that says there are only two ways to influence human behavior. You can manipulate it or you can inspire it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when a leader's in that situation, it's like, OK, I, I need to lead these people. What is going to inspire them? What's going to inspire them? And so there's that fine line of like, they need to understand I'm a person just like them, right? Mm -hmm. I have challenges just like them. I'm in a role of responsibility, but also um, my job is to make sure everything gets done, but my job isn't to do everything. So I need your help. So it's that dynamic of, of divulging enough information that helps them understand that, you know, we have some challenges, we have some dynamics, um, I also think it's, you know, uh, you mentioned a leader coaching their people. I think that's, that's, you know, it takes a very special leader to be able to do that. So sometimes it's more about, you know, again, the context can be a lot of diff different depending on what it is, right? One, one to 10 or one to hundred or that sort of thing. But overall, um, it goes back to what we started with vision. It's like a leader has to be able to communicate that 
and what's the context? Are we in tough sledding? Are we in tough times right now? Then they have to share some things that are truthful, not go, hey, let's everything's okay. Let's just keep pushing forward. Or the opposite, you know, when things are really good, you know, not holding holding back on that either and, and saying what was their part in doing that. So it's an influence of camaraderie's connectivity, but it also goes back, how can I inspire this? But, you know, and then again, I don't know if I answered your question specifically, but you have to have enough, you have to share enough information that shows that that you're in the same boat with them mm-hmm. uh, at the same time that you still have the authority to be able to make decisions that are going to help them move forward. But they have to follow you too, right? Is is the leader, leader isn't leader just because of the title. It's like, it's not the one, it's the one who has the most, you know, people following them type of thing. So, yeah. and, and, and creating more leaders too, right? So that's the other part of it. Yeah. I think that's a difficult thing creating more leaders, especially because I think like in my role, especially like, an ideal leadership role for me would be I, I need to fire. I need to get to a position where I can bring someone who can replace me and fire myself. I want someone to be better at my role. And then there's a lot of people who just don't want to sacrifice that in the first place. I mean, how often do you come up against that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. I, I find more commonly, and this is whenever I'm working with somebody, I, I, whether, whatever their role is, right. Whether the owner, whether they're a leader in a team on, on the, is, the goal for you ultimately is to do the things that only you can do. Right. Right. So, which means you have to have the, the wherewithal humility as well as the letting go, which we all to some degree struggle with controlling, right? Like we want to control it, but delegation, right? True delegation. So I find that when you begin to delegate and you empower and you build up other people that naturally, in, in, in some cases, you have to look outside. But at the same time, if you're depending on how size your organization, if you're truly delegating, if you're truly delegating and empowering somebody and trusting them to take those responsibilities off your plate, then, you know, little by little, if they're the right person, then, you know, they step into those roles. You delegate more, you delegate more. And organically, as well as intentionally, you you develop a leader in that in that perspective. So, before we're trying to replace yourself, it's like, what, what can I replace a portion of what my response, can I replace a portion of, of whatever that context is of that you're, that you're wanting to let go. And that's not the highest and best use of your time. Um, so developing leaders in overnight thing or to, a, a wholesale, Hey, jump into my seat and now let's figure it out together. Um, it's a, it's a process it, from my uh, experience as well as my perspective of what works best, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then of course we have a lot of people in the real estate space. And then, so sometimes these leaders are leading people who are 1099 and it's, it's, that's a whole nother uh, level of complexity. And one of the things that's popped up, I think with us is that our staff is the way that our staff is wired and the way that an agent is wired is not the same. And it's very hard, I think for our staff to really understand how an agent can approach how they approach their day, I guess, in a lot of ways, because it is, it's, I mean, it's like herding cats, you know? So what advice do you give to people who are kind of like dealing with a lot of 1099 contractors who've got to kind of have that leadership kind of role? Well, again, it goes back to, again, in my experience and, and both prior to being in the coaching industry, um, I, I made a living at sales. And mm-hmm. so there's, but I'm also not a classic salesperson in terms of, if you looked at, you know, all the skills and everything else. It's not my, it's not, it's not in my uh, wheelhouse classically, but all that to say, this is 
salespeople are wired a certain way, right? What makes them good at sales? What makes a great agent is there are things that details or certain aspects of, of things that, that they're not great at, right? So it's a matter of getting the people, the, the team and the support is like structuring that in a way that they can support the places that are not the highest use of the salesperson time, right? right? So, um, so that's, a, that's a key thing is getting you know, a structure, whether it's a team or a brokerage, uh, in the context of what you said, real estate is let's be real. Like, let's mm-hmm. not try to try to, you know, square peg round hole. It's like this. Let's let's create a system that's going to support and hand off the process to a certain degree. And it's just still responsibility. It's still your name on it. And you still got to make sure the broker is not going to get in trouble. But it's it's creating systems and structures that are going to support what everybody's best role is. Right. So and that's comes to job descriptions and. And most job descriptions, that's one of the very first things. If I work with a team or a brokerage, um, Eric, we, we, we will always look at job descriptions because job descriptions in any business, right? Job descriptions, when somebody gets hired in, it's a job description based on what the HR job description was. There's a bunch of stuff in there that's really not needed. There's a bunch of stuff in there that's, that's true. And there's a bunch of stuff that's not in there that is really what the job is, right? And then you know, 30, 60, 90 days into the role, you know, you find skills and things that this person has and you start morphing that job into something that that is different than what you hired them for. So number one, you have to make sure those jobs are aligned with what your need, true needs are. But also um, jobs description should be simple in a sense of like whether it's a 1099 person or whether it's a staff person is do I know daily, weekly, monthly what it is I need to do to, to support vision of this team for, for me to be successful in my role and then you know how that contributes to the overall team and then the team to the vision and the goals um but most job descriptions a aren't existent truly or there's too complicated to go okay this is really what i need to do so that back to the thing is if the 1099 agent is here's here's what your focus and role is right for you to be successful you need to do these things and these are things only you can do in your sphere of influence and the people that you know and the relationships you have. We're going to take care of the rest of these things with these, these people here to, to support you. Um, and these people that are supporting that understand if I help this person be or help this brokerage or team be successful, I'm going to be successful. Again, sounds simple, but again, the moving parts and getting that aligned truly and, and, and uh, dialed in systematically is where the challenge can be, right? So. so what I heard you say kind of at the end of there was like, you know, having those clearly defined lanes of this is what, this is where you are. And when you get to this point, this is where you need to hand it off. And I, the ambiguity, I guess, of where that lane begins and ends and how the handoff occurs is probably what gets most people in trouble. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like anything else. It's, it, it's business is pretty simple uh, in terms of how it functions the dynamic opportunities, all the challenges that where people are involved. So it's, it's a matter of figuring out all those dynamics. And, and again, where people's true strengths are and abilities and uh, any, it's, it's not cutter. There, there are principles that work all the time, but it's not cookie cutter because you don't have the same people in the same seats in the same, you know, in the same uh, different, different teams, right. Or different brokerages or different uh, companies, that sort of thing. So. And, Mike Gandolfo, to give you a little bit of a breakdown in this this coaching and for, uh, relationship with Mike Lopez and I, we talked, I, I do job descriptions with my folks all the time, 
right? I've never done it for myself. Okay. Right. Another knowing doing gap, right? Mike sat down and said, you know, let's, let's create a job description. And it was tedious. It was boring. I put it off. I procrastinated, you know, what is, and I realized it's because what I do is not a job. I look at it as kind of a bad word, J-O-B. Um, I didn't want to have a job description. I wanted to have a mission description. I wanted to have a vision description. You know, what is it that, that, that all points back to what I truly want to do, that that really bullseye vision of who I am, where I want to go, and how I'm going to get there. Yeah, I think that's an interesting concept because I think if 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 people want their business to be scalable – then the limit's going to be put on there by the leader, right? So, and how much the leader is willing to uh, allow for them to be replicated or allow for, you know, and so like you need to define what it is you do so that that can be scaled further on and, and, and move forward. You know, I mean, for example, you know, if you wanted to have coaches under you, you know, that clearly define that job description would be, would be critical to that. And then your job description changes, but you got to be able to hand off your job description to someone else. And it also defines too the places where she needs to delegate or find support. Right. Um, that the things that are not the highest best use of her time. So it's now we identify places where she needs to find support, either in you know literal staff or you know outsourcing things that that aren't you know what she should be doing, uh, whether it's designing a website or whether it's you know yeah, other things. So yeah, because by the way, we all know I can do anything for an inordinate <laughs> amount of time because that's just who I am. Hold my beer and watch me. Well, I mean, we talk about um, on this show quite a bit about, you know, we can dig a, sw a swimming pool with a spoon, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're the best person to dig the swimming pool or that we have the right tools to do this. Exactly. To, to exactly. Dig the swimming pool, you know, we can get the job done. Probably shouldn't though. So uh, <laughs> uh, anything else for Mike before we kind of wrap it up? Oh, I think we can we can talk we can for go. hours on this. We may need to have you come back, Mike. All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on. People can find you again. You want to give out the website where they can find you and get more information? Uh, yes, moduscoaching.com is uh, our website. And um, Mike at moduscoaching.com uh, is my email. I'm happy to, to talk to anybody who needs any kind of support that would be in, in uh, what we do. So, And I cannot recommend him enough. So there you go. Thank you. I appreciate she, Mike, that. Mike, I'm getting a sense that she, that we're not one of the we're not in the top, you know, favorite mics here, Michael. Anything like, <laughs> might kind of replaced. Like, you know, I'm I'm encouraging her never to cut that uh, budget line. I mean, Mike is Mike is a core part of the business at this point, so I'm reaping the benefits. Mm -hmm.